0: Can be seated. Thank you, thank you. Well, it's it's good to be here in Zurich. We uh, This is our second time here. We were here last summer, and it's good to be back. Uh, pastor Leo was at my church just a few weeks ago, and he spoke uh, in Scottsdale. Has anybody ever been to Arizona? Anybody at all? Okay, a few people. All right, great. Well, uh, my church is called Impact Church, and it's in Scottsdale, and uh, I am also the team pastor for the Phoenix Suns and uh, our church started as a Bible study actually for the NFL, and so we had a Bible study for professional football players uh, only, and then eventually opened it to the public, and that is now our church, uh, about 2,000 people uh, every weekend, but um, I want to talk to you today in the Word of God. How many of you are excited about the Bible, the Word of God? How many know that the Bible is life-changing, the Bible? And uh, today I want to look at a concept of uh, crossing your personal Jordan. Uh, In the Bible, in the book of Joshua chapter 1, you have this story of the children of Israel about to cross into the promised land. Joshua chapter 1. It was a promise that God had made to all of the Israelites all the way back to Abraham. And so eventually, the Israelites moved out of Egypt and uh, into freedom, and they got to where they were almost into the promised land, but they came up against the Jordan River. Now, you got to understand, the Jordan River, uh, it was a raging river at the time. It was springtime, so the water would swell in the springtime, and uh, during that time, it would have been impossible to cross this Jordan. But God had promised them that they would enter the promised land. And uh, and by the way, it's important to understand what the promised land uh, represented. The promised land, it represented freedom. It represented an inheritance for God's people. It, it represented a new life. It represented a new life in Christ Jesus. And so here you have the Israelites at the brink. The city was called Kadesh. And they're at the brink of the Jordan. And all they have between them and their promised land was this river. But today I really want to talk to you about your Jordan River. And I've been talking all weekend about your Jordan River because everybody has a Jordan. Everybody. The Jordan is that thing that is in front of you. It's that obstacle that is in front of you. It's that miracle that you need in your life that is keeping you from God's promises for your life. By the way, there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible for you. Did you know that? 7,000 promises that have your name on them. And as we know, the Bible says that the children of Israel did cross the uh, Jordan into the promised land. But I want to give you some keys today, uh, five keys to crossing your personal Jordan. And number one, anytime you're going to set out to cross the Jordan, you must concentrate on the voice of God concentrate on the voice of God. Pay attention, focus on God. Concentrate on God's word. Now, I wanna read to you from Joshua chapter one, verses two and three, what God said. The Bible says, now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And then he says this, I will give you every place where your foot sets foot. As I promised Moses, he says, I was with Moses, so I will be with you and I will never leave you nor forsake you. That same scripture is a promise for our lives today. The the promise is this, is that God is with you. That God will never leave you and God will never forsake you. That no matter where you go in life, how low, how high, somewhere in the middle, that God is always with you. That he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Listen, some of you... You need to hear these words today because uh, you've been alone or you've been feeling alone or maybe you're in a low place in your life. God would tell you the same words that he tells Joshua. He says, I am with you and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Seems easy to just concentrate on the voice of God, doesn't it? Doesn't that seem easy? Oh, point number one, concentrate on the voice of God. The problem is, is that everybody sitting in here, we always, constantly have four voices going on in our heads. Four, pretty much all at the same time. The first voice that we have is we have the voice of God. That's God trying to speak to you, trying to speak to me. The second voice is that we have the voice of the devil. And that is the devil trying to speak to you and trying to speak to me. Third voice we have is the voice of ourselves. And then the first, uh, fourth voice is that of your friends. Never listen to your friends. It is really bad for us all, typically bad counsel. But God wants you to listen to his voice. In fact, it's so important that we pay attention and focus on God and his word that there are so many scriptures throughout the Bible that endorse this. For example, in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. I have a question. How many of you here are in business? Let me see your hand, you're a business person. Let me see your hands. Okay, it's a lot of business persons. You ought to memorize this verse. Every business person on the planet ought to memorize this verse. Because look what it says, it says, keep this book of law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. You know, I just mentioned those 7,000 promises in the Bible for your life and for my life. Over 7,000 promises. But every promise of God has a premise for man. With every promise, there's a premise. So God says this. Look at this verse again. He says, keep this book of law. This is the premise. If you meditate on the word of God day and night, if you keep this book of law in your heart, If you meditate on it, and then it says that you are careful to do everything it says, it says then, that's the promise, you will be prosperous and successful. And so we need to keep our focus on God. Keep our concentration on God. I want to move on to the second point when it comes to crossing your Jordan. Today, if you want to cross your Jordan, you need to consecrate yourself to God. Consecrate. See, consecrate is this idea of... Setting myself apart for God. You know, a lot of people, they say, God, I give you my life, but it's lip service, not life service. A lot of people, they give part of their life to God, but not every part of their life to God. And we must consecrate ourselves to God. I want to read Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. It says this It says, Then Joshua said to the people, He said, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you." So to consecrate yourself simply means to surrender my life to Jesus Christ, to say, God, I'm yours. Jesus, I'm all yours. I'm completely 110% yours. God, I'm all yours. Consecrate yourself. You know, so many people, people want the miracles of God without leaving the comforts of man. People want the miracles of God, but they, they never want to leave the comforts of man. You remember the story of Peter when he got out of the boat and he walked on water. People want to walk on water, they just never want to get out of the boat. People want the miracles of God without leaving the comforts of man, but that is impossible. And so we have to consecrate ourselves to God. God will never bless sin. God will never bless sin. And listen, the day we declare I want to become a Christian is the day that we say my life is no longer my own. It is now to Jesus Christ. Consecrate yourself to God. Number three, if you want to cross your Jordan River today is that you must courageously take the first step. Courageously take the first step. You know, one of the uh, greatest words of conquer and the greatest words of overcoming in the Bible is the word courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the answer to fear. And we must courageously take the first step toward God. In the Bible, when the children of Israel were standing at the brink of the Jordan River, you know God was telling them, I'm going to, maybe you guys remember the story of the Red Sea. It was 40 years before this. And the Israelites walked across the Red Sea And God's saying, I'm gonna do a miracle, kind of like that again, only at the Red Sea, I parted the waters and then you guys walked across. This time, you're gonna just start walking into the water and then I'm going to part the waters. And so they did, the Levitical priests, they went first and they began to walk in ankle deep, still no miracle, knee deep, still no miracle, waist deep, chest deep, but would you believe it, that right at the perfect moment in time, God parted the waters, and uh, how many of you know that God is always on time? God is always on time. God is never late. God is never early, (laughs) unfortunately, either, but he's he's never late. And so God is always on time. You know, it's that first step that's always the hardest, right? It's that first step that's always the scariest. When I got to take the first step out in faith. But that is exactly what courage is. Courage comes in the form of one step at a time. Again, courage is not the absence of fear. It's the answer to fear. In fact, you know that there's an entire chapter in the Bible written about overcoming fear. Uh, Psalm chapter 23 is an entire chapter in the Bible about being strong and being courageous Because God is with us. In fact, I want to read this to you. Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. Look at what it says. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness' name for his sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare for me a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love the part right there that says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, by the way, this psalm is so famous that people have written songs about it. People have uh, written books about it. You know, rap artists in the USA write songs about it. I mean, from Biggie to Tupac have written songs, including these lyrics from King David. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. So I can go anywhere in the world. I can be in the most discouraging place, the most encouraging place. I can be in a scary place. I can be in a lonely place. I can be in a really dark place, but God is always with me. God is always with me, so I shall not fear. I love the analogy because David says, first of all, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, in Israel, there is a real valley of the shadow of death. It's kind of like if you've seen pictures of the Grand Canyon in my state in Arizona. The valley of the shadow of death, it's like these narrow canyons that go through. And on these narrow, tall canyons, the sunlight would only hit the ground when it's directly over the top. In fact, thieves would hide in the crevices and in the caves. And so when people, when shepherds would lead their sheep through the valley, they would jump out and they would kill the sheep or steal the sheep. And so David knew what he was talking about. He had assuredly been to the actual valley of the shadow of death. What an analogy. What an analogy. He goes, and even though I've walked, even though, in other words, I've got news for you, you're going to go through it. In other words, you're going there. You might be having a great time right now. Your life might be really good right now. But even though you are going to go through the valley of the shadow of death, we all are. Even Jesus said in Matthew 5.45, he said, it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. It's just a part of life. But even though I walk through that valley, I don't have to fear because God is with me. The other thing that's interesting is he says, even though I walk... Through the valley, not to the valley, right? In other words, the the valley is like a visitation. It's not a destination. The valley is never the finale. Even though I walk through the valley, not to the valley. It's kind of like a tunnel. I'm going to get through this at some point or another. And then I also think it's cool that he says the valley of the shadow of death. You know how different this verse would be if it said, even though I walk to the valley of death. But he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the shadow of death, the shadow of death, the Shadows are scary. Shadows are scary. You know, there's three things about shadows. You know, one is shadows are bigger than reality. Right now I'm casting a shadow down onto you guys. I'm, it's bigger than I am. Shadows are bigger than reality. The second thing is that, you know, shadows has never hurt anybody. My shadow is not hurting either one of you right now. <laughs> the third thing about shadows is anywhere there's a shadow, there's a light. And if you turn your body away from the shadow and look directly into the light, the shadow falls directly behind you. And you know what the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Uh, I have a family. My wife and I have been married for 19 years. Uh, so we got married when I was uh, 20. And uh, we, uh, we have been married, you know, we have three kids. We have uh, a 15-year-old, we have a 12-year-old boy, and I have a six-year-old daughter. And my six-year-old daughter, Jaslyn, uh, when she was two, I'll never forget, when she was two, and we put her in bed and we went away and, and, and said goodnight, and within a few minutes I hear my daughter screaming, Daddy, Daddy, and she's crying and she just sounds terrified. And I go running into her bedroom and I said, what Jazzy, what? And she says, she looks up and she points at the wall and there's this huge scary shadow on this wall. And I go, oh, the shadow. I said, it's just a shadow. And I walked over to see what was casting the shadow and it was one of her favorite baby dolls. And I picked it up and the shadow went away and I gave it to her. And listen, oftentimes in our life, the thing that we think is going to hurt us is actually there to help us. The thing that we're going through that th- seems like it might really hurt us or kill us or is a lot of pain for us is actually a great thing for us. It's what James chapter 1 says when God said that you count it all joy when you go-, go through various trials because you know that the testing of your faith that produces patience. And then it says to let patience have its work, its perfect work in you that you might be whole and complete. We've got to remember that, you know, it's just the shadows. It's just the shadows that we don't need to fear because no matter where we are in life, God is with us. Let's look at number four. Number four, if I'm going to cross my Jordan, I need to continue to focus on God. I talked about it already. Concentrate, concentrate on God. But now I want to talk about continue concentrating on God, because the truth is is that we are so easily distracted. I say, as humans, we are uh, we have attractions to distractions, right it's like we're just constantly. What? And then this way. And then we're trying to walk this way. And something else gets. Have you ever done this around the house? I do this all the time. You're you you you're walking in somewhere into your house to go get something. And then something else takes your, uh, your attention. And then you go over here. And, and then all of a sudden something else takes your attention. Right? Sometimes I say, oh, I need to go clean the kitchen. And then I walk into the kitchen. And, I, oh, I take the trash out. And then I take the trash out. And I go to the side of the house. And then I go, oh, that needs to be cleaned up right now. And then I start cleaning that up. Oh, and that needs to go upstairs and then it's been like an hour and I've got nothing done and it seems like the way we live our lives that it's easy to become distraction oh God I love you God I want to walk with you God I want to serve you oh, but look at this, this is, this is nice over here, greed and, and, and lust or, or pride or, or God, this looks good over here, this insecurity, I'll just, I'll just stay in this insecurity, I'll just kind of bathe in my sin and God wants us to continue to focus on him. In the story of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River, it's a fascinating study because the Bible says that God told the Israelites, Joshua told the Israelites, he said, Keep your eyes and your focus up ahead and keep yourself a distance away and keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant and follow the Ark. Isn't that interesting? What was in the Ark of the Covenant was the Ten Commandments. It was the two tablets that had the Ten Commandments. In the Ark of the Covenant, it represented the presence of God. And he says to the Israelites, he says, keep your focus on the ark concentrate on the presence of God focus on God not the circumstances Um, maybe you remember the story of Peter when he got out of the boat and he walked on water if you remember this story it's a pretty cool story because uh, Peter and the disciples were in the boat and it's around three or four a.m. in the middle of the night almost morning and they see something walking on water and the disciples, they begin to say, what is that? And they even got afraid, and they're like, well, maybe it's a ghost. What is that? And Jesus said, it is I. It's me. It's Jesus. And Peter said, if, it, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. Tell me to walk out on water. And Jesus said one word. He said, come. And Jesus said, says one word, Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on water, but he's really not walking on water, he's walking on the word of God. It could have been air he was walking on, it could have been fire, it could have been a cloud. It didn't matter what he was walking on except that he was walking on the word of God and if God tells you to go, you must go. And he begins to walk on the promises of God until Until he takes his focus off of God. And he puts his focus on fear. Oh, the waves. Oh, wow. The wind. Oh, wow. I'm in the middle of the wall. I'm standing on water. And all of a sudden, he takes his eyes off the focus of God and his life begins to sink. And it's the same thing that happens with us. If we don't keep our focus on Jesus Christ, our life begins to sink. So we gotta continue to focus. On God. And the fifth and final uh, point that I want to just talk about for a moment is if you're going to cross your Jordan, uh, you need to remember, you need to celebrate and commemorate the miracles of your past. How many have ever experienced a miracle of God? Let me see your hand. You've ever experienced a miracle of God? Okay, quite a few of you. When you have experienced the miracles of God, when you remember the miracles of god it helps you with the problems of your future you see when i remember the miracle of God. I remember the trial that I was going through. I remember the obstacle that I had. I remember the test that I was up against. And then I remember how God brought me through every moment of it, every step of the way. And now here I am at this next trial. Here I am at this next problem. I'm at this next Jordan River for my life. But when I remember the miracles of my past, it's a reminder about the miracle of my future. Because God did it before, God can do it again. God's not going to leave me. He didn't bring me this far just to to leave me to die. God will do it again. In Joshua chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, the Bible says that Joshua called together 12 men that he had appointed, one from each of the tribes of Israel. And he said to them, Go before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. And he said, Each of you, is to take up a stone on your shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what are these rocks? What are these stones? What do they mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. You see, the best way to have courage about the miracles of your future is to remember the miracles of your past. I have uh, these stones in my life that are these reminders about what God has done in my life. You know, I just told you a minute ago that I have three kids. Uh, Did you know that when my wife and I got married the first few years, doctors told us that we would never have children They told us we would never have children. They told us you'll never have kids. We just want to prepare you mentally now. I have three of them. Because it doesn't matter what the doctor says. It matters what God says. It matters what the Bible says. It matters what Jesus says. You know, somebody, somebody in here, you don't feel like you're good enough. God God would say otherwise. Somebody somewhere told you that you are not good enough. But God would say, I have fearfully and I have wonderfully created you. And I knew you before you were born. And I've made you on purpose for a purpose. You see, to every every good thing that God created, there's always a twist from the enemy on it. And every time I've gone through a miracle, I have these stones in my life that are reminders about what God did in my life. Every time I'm up against a new Jordan River for my life, I'm reminded, I can look back and I'm reminded of the miracles that God has done in my life. You know, I don't know where you are in your life, but I haven't always been a Christian. I did not become a Christian until uh, I was almost 18 years old. I didn't serve Christ. I didn't grow up in the church. I served myself and I lived life for myself until one day I discovered Jesus Christ you know I mentioned a minute ago about my church our church in six years has grown from a bible study to 2,000 people every weekend with over 1,000 people that have said I want to become a Christian and have been baptized in water over half of our people brand new babies in Christ Jesus Jesus Those are miracles that I always look back on. You know, we're in the middle of a building campaign, just like ICF. In fact, next year at this time, I will be preaching in a new building here in Zurich. And next year at this time, Pastor Leo will get to preach in a new building in Scottsdale, Arizona. Next year at this time, we will experience the miracles of God together. But every time I'm up against this this test this test about God, how are you going to do this and how is this going to happen? I'm reminded of the past and all the miracles that God has done and it helps me with my future. I want to close in prayer if you'll bow your heads with me. I'd like to pray with you. I don't know what your Jordan is today. But everybody here has one. Maybe your Jordan is a relationship problem. Maybe there's a miracle that you need in your relationship or your marriage. Or maybe your Jordan is some sort of a medical or health issue. Maybe your Jordan is that you need emotional healing. You've been discouraged or depressed. You've been in despair. You've even thought about taking your life. But God says, don't do it. He says, I gave you life. I have a purpose for your life. Maybe today your Jordan is... It's an addiction that you can't, you can't kick. You can't get rid of it. You've tried. You're addicted to something that's harmful to your body, something that doesn't please God. Maybe your Jordan is that you were hurt by something in your past and it haunts you to this day. Look, I came here I came here from Scottsdale, Arizona to tell you that God says it's time to cross your Jordan. God is the miracle maker. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. God specializes in the impossible. I've seen God do miracle after miracle over and over again. All around the world, he shows no bias. He's the miracle maker. I don't know what your Jordan is, but God does. He sees it. He saw it before you saw it. And he wants to help you through it. And he wants you to take the first step in faith. I don't know what that step is, but God will show you. As you keep your eyes on him and in the word of God, he will speak to you the words of God. Maybe today you need to step out and ask somebody for forgiveness. It's a big step. The first step is always the hardest. But courage comes in the form of one step at a time. Maybe today you need to forgive someone. Maybe today your Jordan is, is that you need a job, you need God to open a door. Maybe he's called you to start something, an entrepreneur or to start a church or a ministry. Listen, as you take the first steps, God's miracles will meet you there. Maybe today your Jordan is simply that you don't know Jesus today. Today you need to become a Christian. Listen, today I believe you're here for this very reason if that's you. If today you say, Pastor Travis, I'm not a Christian. I invite you to pray right now to become a Christian. You say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I set it apart for you. I'm all in for you. I consecrate myself to you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And help me to live for you. Lord, I pray for those who need a miracle today. God, I pray that you would do the impossible. God, that you would do the impossible in our lives. God, we trust that you know best. We trust you with our circumstance. God, for those that are in the valley today, God, we're thankful that you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. God, that we don't have to fear because you're with us always. We thank you for your word and we thank you for your strength. God, today we declare that we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. We all say, amen.